You're listening to a podcast by Adelaide West Uniting Church. Well, you just have to grandstand more and then you don't have to turn your head as much. <laughs> we, tried to, we tried to leave you hanging for a bit there. Yeah, we, the grandstand. <laughs> yeah we had this whole setup where we oh, were going to... Um, yeah, just the quick yes, no was supposed to get you more of God than what it did. But, uh, <laughs> um, we'll have to think a bit more cleverly about how to yeah, catch yeah. you. And... It's too sharp for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the start of the last episode of the first series, which... Can't believe we've got Don't cry. Here. It's going to be okay. There's going to be more. The, the show. Well, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the real question, like, is the resurrection real? We're not actually talking about Jesus' resurrection. We're talking about the resurrection of this podcast. <laughs> oh, right. Are we coming, oh, are we coming back for another series? <laughs> yeah. But that might make sense of a couple of things I said. <laughs> oh, oh, I was just thinking, oh, I need to go back and change a few of the things I said. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed this entire series, mm. um, I would say. it's uh, uh, Given that I edited all the episodes, I'm probably the most avid Same listener it. of the whole thing. I, I, unless anyone watching or listening has uh, gone through each episode more than about three or four times each, then I think I'm the, the biggest fan yeah, of the show by number of <laughs> run-throughs. Yeah. I think we started... Uh, with some really good intent and so forth, and we sat around, but we we've we've changed for the the video. We've changed where we sit and so forth. Um, Lynn sits in the middle because she's short. Yeah, because um, well, we don't want you to just be cowering away in the corner of the right. screen. Lynn sits in the middle, and James and I talk to each other I over know. her head. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm left playing ping pong the whole time. Um, but we, we've sort of sat, got into a bit of a groove. Yeah, and we each have different ways of coming at things. We've agreed on a lot but there have been also other times when we haven't agreed and then we've wrestled through that yeah we haven't had we haven't had any big disagreements the important thing is we still like each other even though Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well we can still sit in the same room as each other even if one of us is wrong and we're not going to say who is wrong because that's for you to figure out (laughs) it'll be pretty obvious pretty quickly So I think we've grown over the series. Yeah, I've actually we? I've actually really enjoyed just watching just the the format of this kind of naturally emerge over the course of several episodes, especially given how all over the shop the first one was in some ways because we well, uh, it was a pilot. Yeah, the fact that when we shot it we thought we were going to exclude the bit that didn't have video and then I left it in but then didn't leave anything in for the people listening to know what was going on. So <laughs> but uh we're a little disorientated, so I guess uh, you just have to join us in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll all have no idea together, and that's that's probably the joy of it. <laughs> and isn't that part of a of a podcast? Is to be a is is the uh, unpredictability. Well, it's part yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> it's a chat. It's not a pre set thing there's no script yeah we even changed um, the question for this one at the last minute as yeah, well we did. yeah 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 we wanted to make it more edgy so that you'd watch yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right so let's know or listen story. sorry yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but we would like to know what people think yeah we would uh we've had uh, at least one person um, have a chat with us but it'd be good to hear a couple more actually people. couple oh okay we'll have to hear about that yeah. and we've I mean, somebody's even suggested you know a title for one of them Ooh. so that's great yeah. if you have any complaints just email lynn oh, at always comes to me awuc.org.au <laughs> and i'll forward them <laughs> <laughs> Include the nature of your complaint in the uh, in the in the reference of the email. So that uh... there was the time that I talked about decking you, and then I, when I'd heard it, I thought, oh, I really shouldn't say that. Something. <laughs> it has been a conversation. Well, hasn't I, I mean, I feel like it just gives people an insight into our working relationship. <laughs> Yeah, not to worry about that. I'm five foot nothing, and you're taller. Well, it's just, you know, it's the life of the poor, beaten, brow beaten uh, associate pastor. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, I dear. take up my cross and I follow. You know. <laughs> On to the other duties as director. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> which includes podcasts, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much of a curveball has that been for you? <laughs> this has been uh, this has been great. I've really enjoyed uh, doing open end. I think it's mm. been. Um, uh, a rich and um, rewarding experience. Yeah. So I think, as we said early on, if no one else listens, we've at least enjoyed ourselves. But, <laughs> you know, but if if you did enjoy it, let us know, and we'll use that as an excuse to keep rambling. So That's right. and keep good. wrestling through those issues that don't have clear answers. Yeah, we can do that. Season two will be a special price. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to the subscription. Everything's behind a paywall now. So. <laughs> <laughs> No. You're right. No, that won't be the case. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I thought this was a this was a pretty good strong finish to a strong series. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so thank you. And thank you, James, for all your work and doing all the post edit and seeing it all that three or four times. We well, it's the... legitimately it's been good to listen to every time. Like, I think you uh, when you were watching back through some of the episodes before they went up, I had the same experience a few times where I'd actually forget to keep editing because I was too busy listening to what we were saying because it was good. So because that's the thing, by the time I get to the edit, I can't remember what anyone said, and mm. hearing it all again, it's like, oh no, this is actually really good. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah and, and we're cooking up some curly questions for next season. Yeah. So yeah, we won't see any of them coming. It'll be <laughs> right out of left field. And uh, that's terrifying for me. I mean, I started off this um, this open ended quite terrified because I don't think well on my feet. I'm with two people that do, uh, but it's been be very gracious. <laughs> There've been some long monologues of mine along you the way. You should see I think. The, the lists of, of information that Lynn has. Oh, in front I've of got us. a couple of. Bible verse and, and I a always couple quite, of quotes. I, I quickly scan them to yeah, see if there's no. anything anything I can pinch before Link can get to them so that just to just to wipe I, I the ground out from under your feet. <laughs> we just need, you just need something so it's not all body and theology. Yeah, right. And we didn't even bring up Bart. No, we didn't. Time. I was so tempted, but I thought, you know what, let's go without him for a week. <laughs> and now we've just brought him in. There we go. He's been around the table. (laughs) (laughs) But hope you enjoy it. We've certainly enjoyed it. Welcome to Open Ended. I'm Lynn. And I'm Craig. And I'm James. This week, we're exploring the question, is the resurrection real? Oh my goodness. Lynn, notes, March. (laughs) Holy heck, two pages of notes. You memorised them yet? I'm just looking for anything I can steal. Yeah, of course. The resurrection completes the inauguration of God's kingdom. It's a decisive... Feels a bit... I only had a half an hour. Feels so a bit... I, I only had half an hour. Together. At, yeah. at, I was preparing the service at one... You're throwing together sacks more than I did. I just looked up one, I just looked up one verse yeah, but and I was you, like... Remember, you think better on your feet. Yeah, maybe. Or on your behind, one or the other. Uh, for me, it's on my feet. So oh, if you, if you, if you, you're um, filming yeah, So basically, if you lay me out on the deck, you're actually doing me a favour, because uh, I think better on the deck. Yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> I hate it when you do that. I do it every time. I'm surprised you haven't learnt yet. It's been a while. It has been, because we did the first episode in March, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think we did one in March, two in May, and then it's just been a slow dry out ever since. I don't think we've done one since August. Yeah, August was the last one. And then, of course, we've we've launched, and uh, so we need to do this one. Yeah, we do, because there's only one more episode between (laughs) now and when this one's supposed to go live. Yeah, so this is, um, yeah. Mm. So this one is, is the resurrection real? Yeah. Uh, no. Craig? Yes. Lynn? Yes. Two against okay, one. We're, we're done. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, no. what is real? Yeah, yeah. What do we mean when we say... <laughs> I'm mostly saying no to be provocative anyway. I, uh, my actual answer is I, I don't know and you can't make me know. Oh, oh, we will. Okay. We will. Oh, By the end of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're more qualified than me, so I should really just battle authority on this one. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, we will have browbeaten you into dogma. <laughs> I was thinking about this because we talk about um, open-ended being wrestling with issues that don't always have clear answers, mm. right? But for is the resurrection real for me is is clear. Mm. So we're not wrestling with something that's unclear. However, for the last 2,000 years, people have been wrestling with this. Mm. It's not, clearly not clear. And, and all of us, whether, you know, whether we're clear or not or whether we're not, um, we, you know, for our listeners, it'll be a case of, you know, we're all going to be talking to people that it's just not clear. Mm. So this is relevant. And it, it's something that wasn't even clear, like, uh, in the immediate aftermath of Jesus' mm-hmm. resurrection. So, like, uh, the early church, um, Paul is already writing, like, and Paul's letters are some of the earliest Christian writings that we have, Mm. Paul is already writing to say, no, no, the resurrection happened. So even within Christian communities uh, from the very start, there are people who are questioning the resurrection. Um, Which is helpful because that means we can then read Paul's response to that, Mm. which is still relevant today. Again. Mm. Um, 
I guess we probably should go into what do we mean when we say real, because um, that's probably a reasonable place to start. Because I think for me, the bit that I'm uncertain about is not so much the significance of it or the importance that it plays in the uh, the story of Jesus, but more whether or not it literally happened. happened yeah. Um, and for me, that question uh, doesn't wind up being particularly important to, to my particular faith, because there's so much other stuff to be drawn out of it. I'm much more interested yeah. in the theology of the resurrection yeah. rather than the literal truth of it, which I'm pretty sure I've said similar things in previous episodes. So, so to clarify, it's almost like the difference between a fact and a truth. Yeah. Um, where a fact is like a point of data or something that historically can be verified as having happened. And a truth is something that we know um, speaks into the human condition and directs our lives and gives our lives meaning and purpose. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think for me, the uh, to talk about the resurrection, it's, pro it's probably worth talking about uh, what I like what Jesus's death actually means to me, because uh, within Christian theology, there's a lot of uh, sort of an assumption that something metaphysical happened with Jesus on the cross. And I'm open to that. I don't I, I've, I've heard pretty compelling arguments that don't have that as part of the equation. Um, and. The main takeaway that I have from the death of Jesus is that uh, this is what the world will do to you if you truly pick up your cross and follow Jesus. You know, you're picking up your cross. You, it's not going to end well for you. Um, and I always take that as a challenge of if I'm not doing things that's not upsetting to the status quo and existing power structures, I'm probably not wholeheartedly following, following the message Jesus. of the gospel. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but having the story end with, and then you get crucified and that's the end of it, um, that's not that. That's not a good ending to the story. It's not it? giving you a lot of hope, is no. it? No. Uh, and something that I like particularly about the short ending of Mark is the fact that the ending of that, with uh, the stone being rolled away, the women there meeting with an angel who says, "Yeah, no, he's not here. He's he's out. Uh, you know, he's out there." Um, and where that leaves you. Uh, for the, where it leaves me at least, is in a space of wanting to go out into the world and try and find Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas once you have the, and then he came back and, you know, they're in this upper room and he, you know, got a bit annoyed when they didn't fully believe that it was him and stuff and then, you know, got taken up and everything. Like, that's fine, but it, it almost ties too neat a bow on it. The thing I like about uh, the short ending of Mark is that it's open-ended. <laughs> <laughs> That was clever. Yeah, the, the short ending. <laughs> the tree. Yeah. The short ending of Mark is almost a little bit terrifying because uh, you know it sort of ends with Jesus out there, yeah, coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the longer ending yeah. of Mark, it, not that it's much longer. Um, to me, it, to me, feels like it's written as like a. All oh, right, okay. If you really need to know what happened, here's what happened because yeah, it's because right. it basically just yeah. And then he showed up and there was a thing. He got annoyed at us and then he, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. Uh, Having there be ambiguity around Jesus's resurrection for me, um, again, at least in the context of the short, end, short ending of Mark's gospel, uh, is an invitation to go out and seek him out in the world rather than just, you know, having to have all the, like, all the loose ends tied up with the gospel story. Um, and John, of course, ties up a lot of loose ends mm -hmm. with, uh, with his telling, even going so far as to say, um, you know, that uh, Peter got to, got to make things up with Jesus and, and everything at the end. Which, you know, and there, there's truth in that. But ultimately, uh, humans like stories about what happens mm. to people like us. And, like... Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's one of the advantages of John's Gospel tying all the loose ends up. But if you let go of that a little bit, then the unresolved nature of it, I think, yeah, is um, winds up being uh, energizing into action, which I think is... Like that to me is why Mark's gospel feels so fast-paced as, as it does. It's because he's trying to get through the story so that you can get excited and get out there. Mm. Yeah, and there isn't, isn't much time from Mark's perspective. No. So that's why he does that. Just to clarify for anyone who's um, listening as well, the, the shorter ending and longer ending, Mark, you'll find in, in quite often in, in um, modern translations, not older translations, that um, yeah. textual criticism has shown that the earliest manuscripts of Mark 
um, didn't include um, the the complete ending as you find it in the older translations. And so you'll find in, say, the NIV or the NRC or something like that, you'll actually find a line under it or it'll be in brackets or something like that to show that we're not 100% certain that this is part of the original document and this might have been added by a later... This is most likely added by a later editor. And so we don't consider this to these days to be part of Mark's original gospel um, it's still in there because um, it's uh, a treasured part of some faith communities, um, like the Appalachian snake handlers. Um, if you, have, have you heard of the Appalachian no, snake handlers? No. Okay, so part of the ending of Mark is uh, you'll handle snakes and, and you won't be harmed. Yeah. Yeah. And so they believe that if they have if they have the faith that Jesus wants them to have, then they should be able to be bitten yeah, by snakes yeah. and not be poisoned. So they handle snakes. That's a really delightful bit of um, biblical literalism. Yeah, I, yeah, I can kind of get behind that one. <laughs> That it's, is frightening. Yeah, That's yeah. nightmare material. <laughs> and you'd really want to believe in the resurrection if you're handling snakes. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. But you brought up about the the mystery. Mm. And and I, I've just been listening through before the podcasts go up. I've been listening. And we've, we've talked about mystery a lot. Yeah, because there is a mystery and and there is something in humankind that we we always want to make everything neat and we want to have the full story and and like you were saying before, we want we want the ending of the story. Uh, we want to tie up all the loose ends, but sometimes we actually take away the mystery when when we do that. So there is something about the mystery that we can sit in, that we can that we can uh, I guess that actually speaks into our lives. We don't have all the answers. So it's less about me, it's more about God when, when there is mystery. Mm. But it is deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, uh, as well as deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, I hadn't quite thought that bit through, but yeah. you're right. Well, it's, but that's the, um, it's always the tragic thing, though, is the discomfort of not knowing um, feels agonising when you're in it. Mm. Um, but then once you have the answer, it feels satisfying for maybe a moment, and then you realise, oh, it, I'm not going to be thinking about this anymore. Yes. Um, having uh, you know wrestled through the meaning of various David Lynch films, I've had that um, that feeling a few times because a lot of his stuff is very surreal and not knowing what it's about um, is actually what David Lynch wants you to take out of the films. But then once you read some commentaries and you come across one, you're like, ah, oh, no, that all makes sense. That's probably what it all means. Sort of loses its flavor a little bit, which yeah is very bittersweet. One, one argument in favour of a, a, a literal historical reading of the resurrection is that um, if you want to be edgy, that is, if you want to be like, um, if you want to go against the flow and be on the fringes of society challenging the status quo, then actually believing in the resurrection is actually more edgy than, than um, saying that, you know, it's more of a spiritual reality because um, these days most people are pretty um, uncomfortable with the idea of, a, of an actual resurrection and, and the uh, the easy answer to the story is actually, no, he, di- he died and it's a spiritual reality. It's a, it's a, a metaphorical truth um, that, that we draw from. So um, in one sense... Uh, like destroying on what you're saying about, you know, um, uh, sometimes the the truth is actually the uncomfortable one, the one that we have to wrestle with and it's difficult. I actually think the idea of a resurrection is something that's more difficult for us than the idea that Jesus just died and that we um, mm. that we just believe in a spirit. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so if he did come back from the dead, what on earth is the mechanism for that? Because we've never seen that before. Um, and then he ascends to heaven. Like, that's weird. And... Um, you know, there's this. Uh, uh, it's it, it's edgy because it goes against the the social norms. Um, not that being edgy is necessarily a good argument for why you should believe something, but you know. well, no. But I mean, given the countercultural nature of the gospel, I think there's uh, some arguments we made there. Not that um, not that going against the culture is inherently uh, of the gospel, but yeah, 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 yeah. If if it's not countercultural, then that's probably um, cause for a bit of a pause and reflection um yeah i think oh, i can't remember what i was going to say now i had something it was gone um yeah i i think for me the 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 resurrection kind of gets pulled around a lot um to sort of have this whole metaphysical you know death has been defeated kind of a thing within christianity and i don't really see what the purpose of that is with the church as it is now because 
the church isn't a countercultural institution like it is uh, in the early church, for example, mm-hmm. because, you know, post-Constantine at the very, um, you know, and etc. Um, and so, and yeah, I think if you are a legitimately countercultural community, then the idea of resurrection um, is one that makes, uh, it, it, it hits a little bit differently when there's actual danger of being killed involved. Um, True. And even if you don't take the resurrection as literal in that context, it's still incredibly powerful to um, have it as an image of how the gospel will continue to live on, how um, how the love that you've had for the people around you um, and your ministry, the effects of that will continue on and someone else, and the good that you've done and the way you've inspired people will live on within them and they will carry you with them. Uh, which, again, is not to say that I think that that's all there is, mm. but I still think that there's a, you know, that, that to me holds a bit more weight than just some abstract notion of death having been defeated, which is odd given that people still die, um, at least in my experience they do. Mm. Um, I've known a few people to do that and they haven't come back yet. So, um, and, you know, we could, we could talk about, um, you know, rapture and the end of days and stuff, but that's not the same thing as coming back after three days. I think it also what you're saying also raises the point that in in our society, um, death has become something that's acceptable. Like we we accept death now. Like um, uh, as a general rule, death is considered to be a natural part of life. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, it's something that's, that happens. Um, quite often, the the view is that it's just the end and that's it and and that's that's life. Um, but if you take the testimony of Paul, for example, um, seriously, like Paul actually links sin and death together. He actually mm. sees them as two sides of the same coin yeah. and that death is actually not something to be accepted, but that death is actually something that is unnatural and doesn't actually belong in God's creation. Um, and um, I think we've lost a sense of of the uh, the wrongness of death. And so the the like what you said, the, the, the message of... Um, death was defeated well so what Um, because we've lost a sense we've actually lost a sense of how much death is actually the enemy death is death is um, death is this thing that's not supposed to happen and it's 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 it goes against God's intention in creating and it's um, and it's tied intimately to sin Um, one of one of the theological reasons that I think the resurrection is important um, and when we were talking about this before James I, I differentiated because I said like uh, is is the resurrection necessary for like is belief in the resurrection necessary for salvation? Mm. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think you can actually. I think God can save you without um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without you believing in the resurrection. But is it theologically necessary? I think it becomes theologically necessary. And one of the reasons uh, for me particularly is having grown up in um, uh, fairly conservative church circles. Everything was all about the death of Christ applied to my life. The the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. Um, and it was all about the death. And it actually came to the point that Jesus was unnecessary. He didn't need to live in Palestine for 30 years. He didn't need to walk among us. He didn't need to um, be tempted. He didn't need any of that stuff. All he had to do was die. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. And then my sin my sin is dealt with. So um, to me, the resurrection is necessary because it actually says it is not the death of Christ that is atoning. It's the life of Christ that is atoning. Um, and in the very early church, the, the original, the church, the early church fathers, that's what they taught. They actually taught that it is the life of Jesus that atones us, not the death. Well, the death is part of the atonement because yeah. it's part of it's part of the process of life and death. Um, Jesus uh, Jesus lives the life of a human being, uh, lives a life of a human being, but where we sin, he turns in the opposite direction. So mm-hmm. where he's tempted, he um, he says no to temptation, where we say yes, where where he comes across um, death and disease. Instead of death and disease attaching to him, um, he actually reverses death and disease. Mm-hmm. So at every point of the human journey, Jesus actually turns it around, including death. Um, so it's part of a bigger story rather than just uh, one moment. And the the point of it is that it's, it's Jesus' life that is that is the atonement that actually that actually deals with sin and death. And I think Paul actually says that in um, uh, in, in Corinthians. That's Matthew, which won't help. Um, in Corinthians uh, one, Corinthians fifteen. 
um, in, in verse 16, he says, if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Um, so evidently for Paul, the resurrection is actually um, an important part of dealing with sin, not just the death. Um, and then the whole the whole life of Jesus suddenly becomes important. And then mm-hmm. how we live uh, in response to Jesus' life is suddenly important um, as opposed to uh, it being... Christian faith just being an abstract, um, you know, like you get saved from your sin by making a believer's prayer and then you're in and that's kind of it, mm-hmm. very transactional. Whereas if it's the whole life of Jesus that saves you, then um, wow. you actually, the spirit has to be within you. You have to be mm-hmm. participating in his life. You have to be, um, well, yeah, participating in his life. And so I think the resurrection is theologically necessary because it corrects a tendency um, in us to um, to overemphasize the wrong aspects of the the, the story and then become um, shallow in faith. Um, but that said, like I'm again, I'm talking about truth versus yeah, yeah, fact, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would say that I I agree with everything that you just said as well. And I actually quite like um, uh, you know the death, the way that you frame death and sin because. Um, there's a temptation in certain contexts for um, for people to make the argument of um, you know we shouldn't intervene medically in some circumstances because it's against God's will or whatever. Yeah. But the call away from death um, in the pursuit of the kingdom of God is mm. very clear that we need to keep working to address the issues of disease and death yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. because. Um, those issues that cause so much pain and suffering in the world is against the vision that God has for us, yeah. and so yeah, and so. Uh, Knowing that we have to keep going until uh, the causes of death can be, you know, um, mitigated completely, yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, is, uh, yeah, an encouragement to, I guess, keep going with yeah. the good in the world, really. I, I think we wouldn't have modern medical science if there wasn't a Christian sense that death was wrong, um, mm. that death is something that we, and suffering, you know, that, that, that um, like, for example, within Buddhism, um, uh, those things are considered to be your karma. They're they're what they what come, and there's an acceptance of them as part of your journey. Um, and you know, there's there's value in that because yeah. there's there's the ability to actually take your suffering and use it to grow as in compassion. For example, that's that's what they're encouraging. But um, a more uh, absolute acceptance is. Uh kind of numbing yeah exactly yeah. exactly i want my doctor to be a christian and my my counselor to be a buddhist yes, as i always, right. I've always yes. said <laughs> yeah there's this sense isn't there christians have always valued life and the life of all and that's why christians have been so uh so integral in the starting hospitals and schools and and all of that type of thing that made that difference across the world because there is that valuing of human life. life yeah and it's so easy to forget because we're post christian we live in an age where the western world uh you know in the middle ages there was the battle against paganism paganism lost christianity won mm-hmm. um uh, Christianity won so successfully that the, the the gods disappeared, and even our god disappeared because, like, we were so successful in in um, killing gods, we killed our own as well. But um, that's the Reformation for you. Um, but uh, we forget that in the pre-Christian era, um, pagan belief uh, around death is very different. Um, uh, it's it's um, it's okay to go and kill your neighbour because Odin says that their village belongs to you. You know you can actually kill and it's good. And nothing like that ever happened in the Old Testament. No, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, oh, there's yeah, yeah. another whole episode, <laughs> yeah. or maybe a series. <clears throat> but um, there's a definite sense in which uh, you know in in pagan religion, um, death is a lot more acceptable, um, and. Uh, um, almost validated as as being good or something like that, whereas Christianity um, really challenges the view that death is um, good and acceptable. Mm. Yeah. And part of that is because we value life. Yeah. And and see the um, see death as something was, it was not uh, God's original intention. Yeah. I mean, that said... Um, uh, 
um, the imitation of Christ. Um, Thomas R. Kempis. Thomas R. Kempis, yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 the purpose of the Christian life is, is to prepare for death. Um, so, you know, there is the flip side of that in, in Christianity as well, um, that uh, uh, the, the goal of the Christian life was to prepare for a good death. Mm. So that you, uh, I think that's so you meet your maker in a good condition. But it's also um, that there's there's this um, other thread running through Christianity, and that reminds me of the 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 thread that we've had. And I don't know how long, uh, but certainly decades, where you know we're only on here to prepare for. We're only on this earth to prepare for heaven. Mm. So that sense that our our faith is really to serve us for the afterlife rather than now. And we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, uh, which I've got what it's called now, but uh, are we all... Uh, why doesn't God save everyone? Thank you, yeah. that's it. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that in there, that we can't just go, well, the, we actually need to live this life yeah. with purpose and authenticity and following that. Model and, of Christ, and that—that's exactly the reason why um, I believe that the resurrection is theologically necessary. Like you, you need to believe in the resurrection because if if it's just God, if it's just if it's just Jesus died on the cross for your sins so you can go to heaven, what's the point of this life? Mm. Why bother? Like, why not just kill yourself and go to heaven? Like, um, whereas if Jesus, if it's if it's all of Jesus' life death yes. and resurrection, then there's purpose to our life, death and rising with him in the age to come because it's all the imitation of his life and it's all the, uh, yeah. Um, in, in its fullness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it kind of, um, uh, it, it it takes the wind out of the kind of, um, the kind of uh, theology that says that this life doesn't really matter and it's all just mm. like the earth and everything is just going to go away and we'll all just be in heaven one day. Um, Which is very shallow. Uh, and yet, you know, there are times in my life where I've probably sat in mm. somewhere in that, maybe not quite as simply as that, but if I'm, if I'm really true to where I've been, there have been times when, well, this will all be over one day and I'll, it'll all be good, you know, with without really thinking about what I'm really called to do here and now. Yeah. I mean, the resurrection says at the end of the day that death is not the end. Mm. And, and that gives us great hope because yeah. death is, and as you talked about death and sin earlier, that to know that death is not the end, sin is not the end, the resurrection gives us this beautiful hope mm. Uh, mm. that I think helps us in this life to know who we are in Christ, to, to follow Christ in, in every way that we can. Talking about what you were talking about before about that um, uh, being, uh, it wasn't countercultural, but there was something no, you said. countercultural, I think that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. okay. And, and so, you know, am I living my life according to the resurrection? Mm-hmm. <laughs> according to, uh, you know, death is not the end. Yeah, I think there's a, there is a real peace that I think that um, the idea of resurrection can bring to a ministry <clears throat> as well, because... I think we live in a world where we're so caught up in the legacy that we're going to leave and how productive we're being and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that if we don't get it all done in time and we and we die before our ministry is over, the idea that our ministry will continue yeah. Um, yeah. after our death, mm. there will be a resurrection of that in um, of sorts. Um, you know, even if we're not go, um, going down the um, you know, we'll all be raised back to life in a more literal sense down the line. Um, that. I think is incredibly comforting and does actually make ministry more effective because I think it's really easy to um, to completely miss the real purpose of what you're doing when you're um, focusing too much on the outcomes and the, and the yes. measurable effects yeah. of it and um, the fruit that the trees are going to bear in this life. You stop tending the trees as much because you're too busy, you know, looking for the first sign of fruit. Um, and that that to me is uh, one of the great places that the resurrection does come in is is just. If you if you don't get there in this life, it's okay. <laughs> Things will keep going. The the alternative in the Western world to the resurrection of Jesus is nihilism. Like we we we're kind of left with a choice um, by um, by the Middle Ages and then by the Reformation and uh, and and the death of the gods. Without the gods anymore, you've got a choice between either God, as in in Jesus. Or nihilism, which is there is nothing and everything is meaningless, um, and resurrection is a much more uh, 
it's a great working hypothesis, if you know, if if if, if I can call it that, that says what I do matters. Mm. Uh, there's purpose. There's actually purpose to getting out of bed in the morning because. Yeah. Yeah, although I I um, would push back against that uh, because that's not where a lot of the meaning comes from in my faith. Um, the the parts of the gospel that I find particularly motivating are more about finding the kingdom here and now, and that the the glimpses of the kingdom that we get here and now are you know if, if you've got eyes you will see it. It's um, and the and the more that we're able to engage with that stuff and keep our eyes focused on that of the spiritual fruit in ourselves and in those around us. Uh, that to me often is enough uh, because, yeah, it's uh, which I, I think is probably why the um, like why the rec- resurrection isn't quite as uh, central in my faith as what it seems to be for both of yours uh, because I, I, I as a, I'm sure everyone can kind of remember from <laughs> the ramblings I did in the first episode um, I. I've really sought to try and get my faith to a point where it's totally bulletproof, basically. And so, if um, if you knock out one of the big ones like the resurrection, uh, it, it it's not a, it's no small thing, obviously. But uh, if it if this is all there is, there is no resurrection of any kind. Well, it's like I'm well, I'm here to um, to uh, make the thin places even thinner if I can. Yeah, but then if there is no resurrection after after this life then any option is as good as any other um, as far as making meaning is concerned. Um, well, that, and that, and that yeah. eventually leads to nihilism um, where, uh, you know, like, okay, you do it because you're looking for the kingdom in this lifetime. That's great. But when you die, it, it won't matter. It, it, everything that you do doesn't matter because it's... Um, well, yeah, but uh, to speak more as an existentialist than a Christian for a moment, yeah. um, in my experience, uh, the way that we create meaning doesn't tend to be in the outcome of things. Uh, the meaning of pretty much everything, like everything in my life that's come to an end, and I looked and I've looked back on, it's been the process that's given me the meaning anyway. Yeah. Um, and if there is meaning in an outcome, it's because the outcome was totally different to what I was expecting at the time. Uh, so, whatever my ideas of the kingdom of heaven are, if uh, as a thing that we're working towards and will be eventually realized, mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, when we get to a point where it's evidently arrived, whatever that looks like, um, I think people will look back and see that it was there all along in ways that no one would have fully realized, except yeah. maybe a privileged few. And so you're talking about looking back. Yeah. And so there is like a perspective taking at some point, yeah. which gives, which gives, which allows it to have meaning, because if there is no opportunity for perspective taking, then there is no like. So essentially, it's a it's a clever game of peekaboo where you know, like, um, I'm pretending that this has meaning, but I know ultimately I'm just going to die and that there's nothing left after after death. Well, yeah, but, 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 but when what, you talk what, about what, what is the difference between pretending that something has meaning and actually creating meaning? Well, that's that's the difference. That's the difference between uh, truth versus uh, fiction, really. Like, um, and, it, and it depends. It depends uh, on where you sit um, in terms of epistemology and that kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. But, it's, yeah. but but ultimately, um, if we're just pretending, then nihilism is true, um, and we're just pretending to make ourselves comfortable um, with the hope that that we die slightly less painfully um and that our existence ceases to be forever um and um yeah i can't i can't i can't do that this is this is why to me the the resurrection is theologically necessary because um even even you said like um when you look at your life you look back at it yeah look back from where Um, well the thing is you don't have to be dead to look back at your life no that's true which is um which is the thing and if the last five minutes before i die are meaningless because i don't have time to look back at it but the rest of it's fine i think i can live with that (laughs) (laughs) but where does that leave um you know trying to find i i I definitely agree with finding the kingdom of god here and now yeah absolutely we need to always be looking to see where god is at work in our lives and and where the um where renewal is and where hope is and and uh, for me that's tied up in the resurrection uh, as well but i'm just thinking about a child um born in war or in um poverty or uh, you know in all those places of the world where it's really hard to find the um 
the good things of life. You know, you know when when you yeah. you know a, a child dies in hunger and dies uh, ten days later in hunger. Um, I just, you know, I wonder if if some of that is actually our Western world, definitely, where yeah. we we can actually. There's yeah. definitely a tenden- There's definitely a tendency as Westerners to be like, well, we've already got heaven, like we have cars, refrigerators, air conditioning, like it's pretty good, um, and so like we don't need heaven because we've got it already, um, and it's a very, it is a very. Uh, privileged Western position, and it's it's actually ironically not any different from the um, now I'm trying to remember my my, my first century um, sects. And you're looking uh, at me, <laughs> uh, uh, Sad- Sadducees, Sadducees, Pharisees. Yeah, Sadducees. So, so Sadduce- Sadducees, uh, you know, Jesus confronts them about the resurrection regularly, saying, you know, there will be a resurrection, and they and they're basically like, no, there's no resurrection. The kingdom of God is already here. Like, haven't you noticed? We're in charge. We've got everything going on. We're in the We've temple. Got the control, People, power, power. Yeah, yeah, like for them, for them, the kingdom has arrived, and there is no future kingdom to come. Yeah. Um, and so, from their position of privilege, um, there's no need for a resurrection or or a future life. But for the the poor Galilean farmer who. Um, you know, is being extorted by the Roman tax farmer and being extorted by the the um, the Herodian authorities and being extorted by the Pharisees. It's kind of like um, it, it. This ain't heaven. This oh, no. this life no. this life is no. a miserable grind until yeah. The uh, the mental health rates in the West uh, do tell a very interesting story. They though. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because things don't seem to be getting better subjectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of people, which is not to say that you know uh, we're like you know we're suffering too. Like I'm like we are suffering too, but like that's I'm not drawing an equivalent. It's is different. What I'm saying. It's different. Um, and and that to me is uh, is a really important distinction to make as well. Because if everything's so great, why aren't we happy? Mm-hmm. And that really is the and that is the lack of the kingdom. The kingdom is the thing that would make that taste sweet. Uh, that does not. Uh, justify or negate uh, the immense amount of suffering in the world, and I actually think we should probably do an episode in future about how does yeah. like why does a good God let bad things happen? Because that's a that's a classic. Um, mm. But yeah, it's and so and so that's why the the search for the kingdom is still a, a thing where there is work to be done. Um, and the places I found it the most have been in the people where there has been struggle, not the people, not the people where there's uh, children being bombed before they've had a chance oh, to do anything. Yeah, uh, but the joy that you get from striving and struggling alongside people who uh, who belong to the same cause for you, or even a sympathetic one. Uh, there is immense camaraderie. There's immense joy that is there, and I see that reflected in the in the stories of the early church uh, and the gospel. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, I can't speak for when there seems to be absolutely nothing, but uh, the places that I've seen the most joy, there has also been a degree of struggle and suffering as well. Yeah, I mean, we also have to be careful not to fall into the Western uh, the myth of progress. Oh, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. which is that you know by by uh, uh, by virtue of liberal Western democracy and science, we're we're progressing to a better future where eventually um, suffering and and um, uh, and evil will be eradicated through um, the 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 triumph of human reason and ability uh, well, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. because of the people who get left behind, like it, yeah, uh, well, and also the people that it does work for aren't as happy as they should be. Yeah, but in great. theory, that's yeah. and so and which for me is why that's. Uh, like when um, you know when Paul talks about not conforming to the ways of this world, the ways the, those are the ways of this world. It's yeah. the stuff that will yeah. like the the trees the trees that bear fruit that turn to ash in your mouth. You know, mm. not yeah. not that and, and the real think, stuff. When I think of um, my friends who don't know Jesus and and don't have a concept of the resurrection, um, I, I see their lives being very much um, uh, being about making money. Mm-hmm. To be com- to be comfortable, and they're good, honest people. They work hard. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them or that they're doing anything bad, um, but there is almost a Pollyannaishness to it. Where it's it's if you don't, or, or, or an emperor's clothes. If you don't bother yeah. to look and notice that you're naked, then you won't notice that you're naked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I suspect that in, that there's an inherent nihilism to their lives that they don't want to acknowledge or look at because it's 
it was terrifying because to stare into the abyss is awful. Mm. Um, and this is this is why I, I think like again the resurrection is at least theologically necessary, um, if not literally necessary. Mm. But just to just to um, move the conversation along a bit. Um, yeah, before we get bogged oh, too deep down into into yeah. philosophy, yeah. Um, uh, another another argument for uh, the the literal uh, belief in the resurrection is that um, uh, nobody would have been insane enough to start the Christian movement, like uh, if it wasn't if there wasn't a real resurrection. So, like, would would um, uh, Paul be willing to be taken to Rome and tried with the possibility of execution? Would um, Peter have been crucified? Would uh, you know? Would, would they? Would 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 you go uh, to your own crucifixion to to maintain a fiction? Um, uh, and yeah, right. and so like uh, uh, and and the 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 case study that's often brought up is Richard Nixon and the Watergate thing. You know, yeah. they couldn't even keep alive for twenty years, whereas um, or eight days or whatever, or whatever it, was. it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas yeah. whereas yeah. you've got a a whole body of people who knew Jesus in person um, who then are willing to actually be tortured, uh, suffer, uh, uh, they sell everything they have and they give it away and they they put they, they throw their whole life away to follow this movement. Um, and the argument being like, would you do that if, if, if it was for a lie? Well, it depends because that uh, if the resurrection was the only thing that they were dying for, then I would find that more. Com- I, don't, I, I do find that yeah. somewhat compelling, but I would find it more compelling if it was the it was only a, thing. The only thing, but it's not because it was the it was the life and the experience they had with Jesus. Yeah. That, yes. but 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 they yeah. the, the, they often taught, like Paul, for example, um, taught at the core of his teaching the resurrection. And yeah. well, there is that a Greek approach to uh, content of teaching because. It do, does that necessarily mean that it's a you know a, a logical, rational, observable, material fact, or is it that it's a crucial part of the story? Which again, and I'm, I'm firmly on the I don't know side of things. Yeah, well. I'm not. I'm not. Saying I, I wouldn't be comfortable dying for a rhetorical, a nice rhetorical point, and I don't think Paul was either. I think Paul. Uh, I think Paul believed in the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus, yeah. and, and and put his life on the line for it. I mean. Um, and and um, I, I think the I think the same argument could be made for the for the apostles. I think that um, mm. well, they weren't. They were this scared rabble of people mm. leading up to Jesus' death. Mm. I mean, we have people and even that, after Jesus' death, until Jesus comes yeah. to them, they're they're, they're getting ready they're to hiding. break up. They're hiding. They're, they're getting ready to break up the band. Mm. And you know, so I I think. I think the resurrection is actually what turned that around. So that's when mm. they, uh, oh, Jesus talked about this. That's right. You mm. know, do you remember when he said da da da? And we didn't understand it. We thought, oh, the rabbi's just talking again. You know, so so they actually, uh, for them, it all made sense through the resurrection, not through his death, mm. because it, the band was. Oh, that's a good picture. <laughs> I might use that in a sermon. <laughs> the band breakup was about to happen, and then suddenly, the, this motley group changed into people with with conviction and mm. and you know so for me that's that's probably why i and honestly i literal honestly i find that i do find that more compelling than most things it's, because it's, i'm trying to get a group of people organized and doing something yeah, all at yeah, once yeah. it's like herding cats <laughs> it's, it's one of the that's most jesus's biggest miracle it's, of one of, it's actually it's actually one of the most compelling arguments and i've yeah. been dying to throw this spanner in the works i've been sitting here like i thought oh, I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll reel no. i'll reel you guys in and then right. throw a spanner in the works yes um I'm only a half-hearted devil, so I've got this whole thing. They didn't recognise Jesus when he came back. Yeah. He looked different. Yes. What does that mean? Oh, I, I was actually thinking about that. Oh, right. Uh, more theologically than literally. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Because, um, like I said, uh, we like stories about us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I th- and uh, so the book of Revelation is more about uh, the end of the age rather than the ultimate end of days and everything. As that That's my reading, at least. The one I subscribe to, rather. Um, and so the resurrection fitting into this, into sort of a more broader sort of Christian death and rebirth cycle kind of a thing. We can recognize when things are coming to a close because they start looking like the book of Revelation. I think we've seen that in the last few years. 
uh, yeah. But then I think you can also start you recognizing... You heard it here for, first, folks. The end is coming. Oh, no, the end is, the end is being. Hold a placard up now. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to be... The end is so three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Every age has seen it, haven't they? Uh, Every yeah. age. Sorry, I just, just had to throw that in there. That's all right. Um, but we can also recognize when things are uh, starting anew because they start to look like the resurrection. And one of the places that I've recognized it a little bit to toot my own horn, is in Church Online. Um, because there were, when I was reading through just the end of Mark, just to make sure I had, you know, I was actually being scripturally uh, uh, accurate, yes. um, there were just, there were a few parallels that um, jumped out just because the, the description of uh, Jesus' resurrected life is so brief. Um, you kind of just get this real brief impression of everything. But the brief impression, I was like, oh, it's a bit like what happened with Church Online because we just started doing it. We yeah. just put Church Online because we had to. People couldn't meet in person. And then after we kept doing it for a while, we looked back and suddenly we recognized it. And it felt a lot like the moment of, wait a minute, that was Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And so the idea yeah. that you'll encounter the resurrected yeah, yeah, yeah. new thing that is continuing, the, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the ministry the body of Christ that does not die. Yeah. Um, when you encounter that um, anew after everything has fallen apart and appears to have died, it suddenly looks different. Yeah. Um, and you don't recognize it until you've been walking and talking yeah, with it for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. And, and I think that's what you're saying also raises a really important point, which I think we discussed beforehand, but Lynn wasn't part of, um, that- I was out ministering, leading a church service at a nursing home. That, that, yeah. a, that, a, that a literal belief in the resurrection shouldn't become dogmatic to the point that it blinds us to the spiritual resurrections that yes. happen. They are both valid realities. And, and um, uh, the, the whole concept of Christian redemption is actually every redemption is a moment of resurrection where um, out, of the, out of the awfulness that was the disease of COVID came a beautiful thing, which is Church Online, which has reached people that, that we never thought about before. Mm -hmm. um, and COVID actually opened our eyes and, opened, and started a ministry to people who weren't getting Mm -hmm. that ministry um, out of out of the uh, the brokenness that happened with um, the youth group and what happened in the past um, God has actually used um, and taken some of that brokenness and actually turned it into a strength uh, and that's resurrection power at work um, where 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 something that is yeah. that is diseased and broken becomes um, the source of health and strength um, that that's that's resurrection and so uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to leave our listeners yeah. feeling like um, it's either the bodily resurrection of Christ or um, seeing the uh, the spiritual reality of the resurrection in every every day life in every place and all those sort of things. Like it shouldn't be a contest, really. Um, but going back to the the resurrection of Jesus and the, and the disciples not recognizing Jesus. Um, I want to talk about that because, like, um, in Paul, um, Paul talks about the resurrection body not being the same mm -hmm. as the the body that we live in now. Mm -hmm. He says, in order for the plant to grow, the seed has to fall into the ground and die, and then mm -hmm. it grows into a new plant. And he says that the, the body of Adam is flesh, but the body of the new Adam is, not, is, is a spiritual body. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody's entirely sure what he means by this, but there seems to be um, there seems to be uh, a link to this fact that, like on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is talking to the disciples for ages, and they don't get it. They, they don't, don't see you know, it. they're like, "This guy is amazing. He he really knows this Jesus stuff. I wonder where he got his knowledge yeah, from." Right. And then he opens their eyes, um, uh, or you know, he goes and he appears in the upper room, and he has to put their hands in his wound because, like, you know, it's like touch. Yeah. Because they almost don't believe that it's him, um, because there is this difference about him um, as resurrected, and and it was too good to be true. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it, but the implausibility it, it, of the resurrection is built into the resurrection story. So. <laughs> it just, no, unless I feel. You know, I, it is going to be too good to be true. Yeah. Isn't it? It's sort of, I almost need to tangibly, yeah. tangibly do something. But I mean, going to uh, what I was saying before about just the way that things resurrect and the body of Christ resurrects, the wounds of the death are still in 
yeah. thing. Yeah. The, the same way that COVID will always be in the DNA of Church Online, we, we will always... That's where it started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, I don't know how, but I think that will always be evident in there somewhere, if you know how to mm. pull it apart and analyze it. I think there's, there's going to be some effect. Because that was the some... struggle that caused it. Yeah, and so I think if, if someone in a different context did the exact same thing, it would probably feel different because it didn't start up. It didn't have the same, it come out of the same death. And and in a way, you wouldn't want those scars not to be there, I think. Yeah. Uh, something to do with the struggle uh, and the, the the journey of redemption and resurrection. Yeah. I, I actually, wanting the scars to be there, the, the, there's a quick little tangent. I, yeah. um, just, it just popped into my head that I want to go on. Um, I have scar, a, a kind of scar. I did not injure myself to do this, but I did give myself. <laughs> I did give myself a scar because I wanted one yeah. from a past experience. So I actually, the pants I'm wearing at the moment. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. Um, but I've got a, uh, an elephant tattoo on my left ankle because uh, from the ages of, well, basically from when I hit puberty up until my late twenties, I suffered from pretty severe depression. Mm. Went through some really good therapy, and that cleared it up a lot. Like it was night and day. But I wanted a marker of of what I'd been through. And so the elephant was actually an image that had come up through the therapy. And so I, I got that tattooed on my, on my left ankle, which is the, the foot that I use to push off of. It's If I high jump, I push with my left foot, I skateboard yeah. left yeah. foot and all that stuff. Um, and people might ask, why would you want a reminder? Because, well, I was very particular about the reminder because I went with a symbol of the healing rather than a symbol of the struggle itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, the steadiness of the elephant was something that I learned to integrate into my own being and everything. So, in a way, me with this tattoo is my resurrected body yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from that. So, so yeah. are the scars of COVID on Church Online the, the marks of healing as well? Well, I mean, I haven't changed the, uh, the titles or the opening music or anything <laughs> as, of, as of the recording of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's interesting, isn't it? I was um, uh, at a, uh, a, a aged care facility this morning leading a, a service and there had been COVID once again. So I was back in a mask and I haven't worn a mask for a while and it, it's very hard to breathe in the mask. But it's just a reminder that this this continues on. Mm. You know, COVID is not going away. And, and we, we we don't talk about the deaths of COVID anymore, but the, I, I have looked it up a couple of times this year and I've been staggered by mm. how many people are still dying by the main cause being COVID. So the scar that we have for Church Online mm. is actually still a scourge on the world. Yeah. Uh, so it is still there in that sense as well. But we have this hope. And I think the resurrection is always that death is not the end. Yeah. You know, there is this incredible hope that, because uh, I know you talked about Revelation earlier and, you know, there were a whole lot of um, people talking about, oh, the end is near uh, in 2020. Well, it certainly seemed it. Have we yeah. ever known everybody to be in lockdown around the world? I mean, you yeah. could certainly read all sorts of things in as we read through Revelation for that. But actually it wasn't. And we're still here. Yeah. And we still go with this hope, this hope, um, which for me is tied up in the resurrection, that death is not the end and we uh, when we continue to live our lives. And N.T. Wright, um, I actually wrote this uh, quote down because I, I found this uh, last night and thinking through, and I just love this. Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. Mm-hmm. You've talked about that. Haven't you about the kingdom of God here now? But it, there's this beautiful picture in that of mm. this uh, God's new project, this renewal, and this um, all tied up in the resurrection. I mean, I do happen to like N.T. Wright. Yeah. He often has a way of putting yeah. things <laughs> with good imagery, and I frequently preach him. You do yeah. as well, yeah. you know. So it's a way of explaining something. And Tom Wright has written a, a huge book on the resurrection, which I haven't read yet. Oh, maybe that's the summary of the whole. No, I think <laughs> I'm sure you're still gained by reading <laughs> of um, N.T. Wright. I feel like I should have read it as preparation for this because I think it wrestles with all the historicity issues and all that kind of stuff but it's um because he does that doesn't he he does yeah he's 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 a historian uh technically so um and a a pauline scholar as well technically but he does the whole Mm. the whole thing because 
you can't talk about Paul without talking about Jesus. So it's like yeah. it'd be like uh, talking about Michael Jordan without talking about basketball. Yeah. You just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to his um, little, uh, not quite a podcast, but his little videos, which come out from time to time. And he he's very English, and he goes off to make a cup of tea. So he walks through the garden <laughs> with his cup of tea. And he sits there on the bench, and then he starts his. <laughs> so here we are with our coffees and teas yeah. and <laughs> doing a similar thing. <laughs> he's very real. Mm. Mm. Um, one last thing I did want to throw in because mm. uh, I think we are probably coming up towards I think, yeah we've just crossed over the hour mark of recording but we were rolling for a while before we came in so who knows how long it's been um, one thing I was thinking about is that uh, something that the resurrection does that I think is really important is it uh, it subverts ad, uh, any desire that we might have for immortality yeah. because if you mm. want to stick around you have to die you have to come back yeah. with a different body there's yes. And so the thing that I like about resurrection theology is that it gets you away from clinging to the life that you have yeah. now, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah. and, you know, anyone who wants to save their life will lose it. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're, not, you're not necessarily losing this life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're losing the next life that you, um, you would be resurrected into, mm-hmm. which, again, yeah. you can view uh, on a number of different levels, you know, because, again, we all have, you know, miniature re- um, resurrections and who knows what will happen when we physically die, if, yeah. uh, what kind of resurrection may or may not be involved in that again firmly on the i don't know team yeah, yeah, so. yeah. and another uh, useful episode yeah, yeah. but yeah. but definitely um uh yeah as you, uh, that 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 quote um uh if you want to save your life you'll lose it mm-hmm. um and in that passage there is a sense this is this is this is written down it's a it's the words of jesus written down but it's written down years later when people are still alive still around after jesus has mm-hmm. lived died resurrection and uh, res- resurrected and ascended he's he's now gone mm-hmm. and so they know that there's going to be generations of christians who have to live their whole life yes. waiting for god mm-hmm. and so when they say um, those who want to save their life will lose it uh there's a sense in which they're saying um, not necessarily that you have to die um, in a mortal sense, mm-hmm. but that that your life has to be about that sacrifice. And if you want immortality, then it's about letting go of chasing glory and it's about letting go of those things and, and actually embracing this life of uh, self-sacrifice and self-sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. Um, which is absolutely countercultural. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all about striving for success and having the big house and the material stuff and looking. And then you think about the people having that we, power. You think about the people that we remember from our lives. Do you remember the people who were really clever, or do you remember the people that you really loved and the people that really loved you, the people that sacrificed and and um, and were loving for you? Um, I think there's some, there's some wisdom in that, regardless of where you land on on the resurrection that. Well, and again, you know, it's it's just the the literal type, uh, part of it that um, I tend to find to be um, perhaps not always the most relevant in a lot of discussions. But yeah, the- theologically, it's there's a lot. Of, it's very fertile ground. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. And I make sense of it literally. Hmm. Going, uh, I guess, and and that would have been integral to my becoming a Christian to start with. Mm. You know, was that was the, um, was the resurrection accepting the resurrection, mm. which is countercultural? We talked Whereas, about that before. Yeah. I think I land somewhere between you both. Um, like, I think I'm a little bit more ambivalent about it because um, I, as a modern Westerner, do find the concept of a resurrection difficult to imagine. Like, transcendence, transcendence is really hard for us to imagine mm. in this day and age because we don't have any transcendence yeah. in our culture. Magic does not exist in our culture; it's dead. Um, and so it's hard to imagine. Um, so I actually find the resurrection hard to imagine, but I cling to it mm-hmm. even when, even even when it when I when I, even when I struggle to believe it, I cling to it as something that I affirm that I believe because I need to believe it for um, what you've said about living a life having meaning, yeah. and also for death having meaning, and and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and eternity. So. Like I guess that's why I, you know, I land in between. I say it's it's very hard for me to believe, and often I have to um, state that I believe it, even when I don't feel like I do, mm. because it's so important to me. Um, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. And and at the same time, I appreciate the the needing not. I think what this discussion has said to me is that you know we the literal meaning of the. Um, 
of the resurrection is not all there is. Mm. You know, we have to remember that mystery and that grappling and that uh, finding the kingdom of God here and now and the resurrection alive um, in our lives today Mm. as part of who we are as Christians. And you don't want to just go, oh, yes, I, you know, that's all done and dusted. You know, the resurrection happened, don't need to talk about it anymore because we do. Our God needs to be bigger than our doctrine and our God yes. needs, and we need to be flexible in our spirituality if we're going to be healthy. So, um, and, hence open-ended. <laughs> yes, and the mystery is okay. The mystery is good. The mystery is actually good. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I'm very uncomfortable with the mystery. I'm not sure I can say it's good, but it, de- it definitely exists. Well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with the, uh, with the mystery, and I think that's why it's good. <laughs> and, and I think that I'm becoming more and more comfortable with mystery. That When we talk about the mystery of God, mm. to me, I just go, oh, I don't have to get this all black and white. I don't have to understand it all because there is mystery. And that's, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, and you yeah, sit yeah. in that. It's, it's yeah. just how we articulate. And I think, uh, I feel like with the mystery of it, I've gotten to a point where I'm okay having an answer if it's not the answer. Yeah. And the good thing about, and the good thing about uh, knowing that you won't ever get to the answer means that you can throw around all sorts of different just an answer and uh, mm. see what you can pull out of each of them. And uh, that to me is where, where the joy of it um, tends to come from. And, and often, often, where, often where we have to have an answer, which may not be the answer, is when the rubber hits the road in a practical sense, where we have to make a decision about something. And, and fa- it's funny how you, you can sit on the fence, but when you're pushed to make a decision, then uh, or you, you have to make a decision. And, and the resurrection's probably not one of those yeah, yeah. things where you're ever going to be pushed to make. No one's going to put a gun to your head and say, um, yeah, make a decision. I mean, or, or if they do, then um, yeah, there's probably a whole bunch of context to that yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. There's been some big social upheaval, you know. <laughs> a lot of things have gone wrong before it's that point. Not just that question, is it? <laughs> no, no. Mm. So, do you think we've answered the question? Is the resurrection? Well, we've real? given an answer. <laughs> it may not be the answer. <laughs> Oh, the answer is yes. <laughs> I, no, I think you the answer is yes. <laughs> if you average all three of us out, the answer is uh, probably. <laughs> I think, it, but it has been really good to chat through winter, and I think we've wrestled with this one. We've had, yeah. and that's part of being open ended, isn't it? That we don't just come and don't just talk about um, boring, what's really. right, because that's. You know, it's boring if we don't have a good fight. We need to be able to wrestle with these issues and and ask, well, what is the meaning of real to start with? Yeah. And, you know, what do the scriptures say and, and what does that mean for our lives mm. and so forth? That's the essence of open-ended. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I could go on, but I think we could probably just leave it there as well. So. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, good chat once again. Yeah. If you want to hear what I was about to say, tune in next series when we get Yeah, that's because <laughs> it's leading to something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Open Ended is directed and produced by JC Finlay for Adelaide West United Church with music by Tadro Abbott. If you would like to participate in our online church services, they are available on the Adelaide West Uniting Church YouTube channel from 10am every Sunday, Adelaide time. If you would like to get in touch with us, send an email to churchonline at awuc.au and you can visit our website at awuc.au.